Um, impact investing since its origins has enabled people to really kind of um, match their financial goals with their values. That's what's really unique about it, that it, it has these dual goals of financial performance and some sort of non-financial measurable impact. Um, I think that's become even more important to people since COVID because you have um, a lot of people around the world who've really um, appreciated nature a lot more in the, in the lockdowns. And I think that's really highlighted some issues around say biodiversity and climate change. Um, and also, of course, very sadly, COVID has highlighted inequality around the world and, and intra-country too. So I think in, impact investing can play a really important role in uh, helping people who are much more conscious perhaps of issues that they might not have been previously. It can really help them align their financial targets with, with um, these specific uh, non-financial goals. I mean, I think impact investing has developed so much over the last few years that it's possible now to even be very targeted in what you want to achieve. So there are dedicated climate change funds or a dedicated biodiversity funds and on the social side, you know, funds that are focusing on education or um, basic needs or micro credit. So there's, there's a lot that people can do to, to shape impact investing to their own personal desires. Um, and we can see evidence of that because it's been growing very fast. Um, the sustainability segment uh, in general has seen a lot of strong growth over the last few years. I think the the compound growth over the last um, few years, what we can see is a real breakout of impact versus more traditional sustainability strategies like exclusion, um, exclusion kind of or negative screening type products have been growing at roughly 20% a year versus impact in the high high 30s at 39% and that that's set to continue or that's forecast to continue what's challenging about measuring the growth and impact is the definition of impact and so some people would include all funds from listed markets to um we call deep impact with private debt and private equity and some would segregate the two so the numbers are, are not always easy to um to establish um but the measurement of impact i think has historically perhaps you know in particularly in that listed equity space um that's perhaps been um, a limiting factor on the growth. The growth has been very strong, but I think some people understandably are concerned that certainly in equities, um, impact investing, it, there's a lot of talk, but is it actually impact investing? Are we measuring the impact the way that you would in, in um, private equity or private debt? Um, and so, I have, huge, I have huge sympathy with that. I think it's very confusing and measuring impact in secondary markets is much more challenging. The way we approach it at UBP is to um, make sure that we're doing a lot of bottom-up engagement with the companies that we invest in. We, we get um, specific company KPIs or key impact indicators actually um, from each company and we report on those. We are very transparent with our reporting. So everything that we measure, people can see. Our website sends you to 
every place for our annual impact report, uh, the minutes of our advisory board meetings, etc. And I think that transparency is a really important weapon against greenwashing because um, any high growth area attracts a lot of attention and not necessarily people who are doing, doing um, the role authentically. Um, the most important thing though ultimately is whatever UBP does as an, as an individual entity really it's all about collaboration we've been working really well with our um, peer group with other stakeholders in trying to improve disclosure and improve measurement on impact because ultimately it's this that will continue to drive the growth and to and to drive the um the uh, security that investors need to be fully more fully invested in impact rather than to continue to see it as a niche